Good afternoon. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. To learn more about us, you can check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our podcasts and blog. We would like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer to or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is March 16th. Andy, we have a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. Once let's again, get, let's get started. A lot of moving parts in this oil market. And um, why don't we just take up the OPEC meeting? Uh, a year ago, we were talking about what a disaster the OPEC meeting was. Um, they, they've got their act together and the, and the Saudis just keep coming out with uh, surprises. So why don't you give us your take on what happened and what they're looking at? Okay. The um, last OPEC meeting, uh, similar to the one in January, uh, surprised the market. Many analysts, including I must say myself, uh, expected that OPEC would increase, OPEC plus would increase production by about a half million barrels a day. And the only question was whether or not the uh, Saudis were going to bring on their, uni their last unilateral price cut, which they made in January of a million barrels a day. Was that going to be all at once? Was it going to be over three months? You know, how, how are they going to bring those, uh, those barrels back on, onto the market? Because we, you know, we all figured, okay, prices are uh, relatively high here. And um, you know, the, the Saudis are probably not, they, they, may, they don't want to lose all that much market share. However, what they chose was a different strategy, Jim. They, they chose to uh, follow, um, in retrospect, a higher price strategy. They didn't bring on any of the barrels uh, of their 1 million barrels a day, and, the, and they gave slight increases to uh, Russia and uh, Kazakhstan. And the market reacted right away uh, because it was genuinely surprised. Brent getting, uh, you know, Brent getting up over $70 and uh, WTI into the 66, 67 range. So it was a, uh, it was a surprising meeting. The, I, I think this, the Saudis came out of it saying that, uh, you know, you, 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 you won't know what we'll be doing, which I guess, uh, Jim, you alluded to from last year. You know, exactly. Well, we were also shocked the other way, right? Uh, but the you know the Saudi the Saudis came out of it, you know, almost taking a victory lap. And I think the uh, Saudi Saudi oil minister was saying, "Well, drill, baby, drill is dead," and we'll, we'll talk about that. But in, in um, you know, what he does see, what OPEC Plus do see, is that. Uh, one, U.S. production was just hurt by the, the big freeze. But two, for now, uh, U.S. producers have, have had, uh, you know, been pretty disciplined on, uh, on their drilling programs, which has 
certainly helped, which has certainly helped OPEC on their uh, OPEC plus on, on their um, you know the decision matrix. The next meeting is uh, April first, and um, you know, quite frankly, I'm, I'm I, I think <laughs> I certainly await to see what uh, you know what what their next what their next move is. I think not surprisingly. Uh, if you look at what the Saudi fiscal break-even price is for for this year, it's sixty-eight dollars. Mm-hmm. So they're you know they're right on where where uh, you know I, I think where they you know where they want to be. Although they Certainly, could they, they could use I, more volume, I think. Yeah, they may right. I mean the, the price market, times volume market share is is definitely an, an issue for them but uh obviously so is is the price and uh the, you know they are cognizant they want they don't want prices too high to to bring out um competition from uh, other producers but um you know they're i, I think they're i think they're satisfied as are some of the their persian gulf brethren with these prices actually probably all the producers are satisfied with the with this uh this price for now and we'll see what, uh, what, what we'll see what April brings. They've been giving they've been giving a lot of uh, lip service to um, the five year average commercial OECD commercial stock five year average, and uh, you know that is in the last OPEC report. I think it was something like ninety four million barrels over the last, over the prior five year average. So it is. Um, you know they won't get there in at the end of March, which leads me to believe for this April meeting, you know they, they may dribble barrels out, but I don't, I don't think that much. It, it looks to me like the, that five we'll get to that five-year average probably in May. So you know that that may be one of the decision matrix matrices that they use to, or the data points that they use to increase increase production, but. You know they've they've done they've done a, they've done a really surpri- a remarkable job you know a surprising job in uh, maintaining discipline w- w- within the group and bringing prices from you know last year WTI was negative by forty dollars at one point and Brent was in the teens you know and now they're in the now they're in the sixties and se- you know we're in the sixties and we got over seventy. It's, it's, Did that really happen, Andy? Minus- that it went minus forty. Yeah, it is hard to believe, right? We look back and you, right. you just can't, you know, can't yeah. believe it. But it happened, you know. Yeah, I get, well, one of my favorite, there was an economist that got on, on TV and said something like, they're paying you $40 to store oil. And you could tell he hasn't been in the oil markets because, like you said, January was still like $20. So he said, no, they're paying you $60 to store right. oil. Right. Yeah, it was crazy. The EIA has the Saudis up a million barrels in May. So, so they kind of, you know, they had to pull it out of uh, April. So they have 25.3 for OPEC production in April. Right, which is and, what we have. Which is like minus one six from last month's uh, short-term energy outlook. Right, right. And so now they have plus one in May, like you said. So there's, they're, I guess they're agreeing with you that these guys are figuring May is a time where they can uh, come back. So. But let's let's back up a little bit. But um, the the key is: are they going to bring it? You know, are they going to bring all million back, or are they going to? You know, is it going to be three hundred? Is it going to be zero? I think I think they will increase in May, 
Yeah. Um, but you know, again, the the key is, you know, what the what the uh, what the volume is. Right. I mean, it's um, we'll get into the uh, demand response in just a second. But as far as the OPEC, this this month is this going to be a monthly meeting now, or you know, now they they we've all figured out Zoom and you don't have to be in person. Are we are they going to do technical meetings once a month? How's that going to work on going forward? Well, so it's scheduled to be monthly right you know they, they may prove that, that that may prove to be a little unwieldy and they, and they do it you know by month you know every other month but uh, it is scheduled to be it is scheduled to be monthly and um you know that they, they have to eventually you know they have to figure out how to unwind this um you know un- unwind this deal right. um there, there's six to seven million barrels a day of spare capacity within, within OPEC, uh, and then you know Iran has a, a million and a half to two million barrels a day of uh, of spare capacity. Uh, Iran is an OPEC producer, of course, but um, so you, you figure a total of like seven and a half, eight million barrels a day of, of uh, spare capacity in the group, and that's. Um... That supply that's chomping at the bit to come out. Well, certainly at seventy dollars, uh, it's a <laughs> heck of a lot better than teens. Yeah. When it um, was coming out, though, I mean that's why we got to the teens exactly, right? exactly. because it was coming out in, in gushers. So, Andy, Iran has been selling oil to China. Right. Yeah. Is the it? the Iranian um, exports to China have probably picked up some. Have picked up. And that is a uh, although their their production numbers are, are steady, so that that's either coming out of, of storage or it's being allocated uh, from you know their their own consumption. But you know that that's third that, that those are generally third party sales. You know when when the um the, their when when their tankers leave port. You know, they, they turn off their transponders so it can't be identified. And then, um, you know, it, it goes into, you know, whether it, you know, it goes, it goes somewhere else, you know, it goes to other third parties, some other storage and is then um, shipped to uh, shipped to China. But China has, has increased their um, purchases of uh, Iranian crude. And that is, um you know, per, perhaps a, a foreshadowing of, of what we're going to see later, the, you know, later this year when, when and if sanctions are lifted. So what is the U.S. response in terms of not, not politics, but uh, oil producers? Where, what are they? Are they no longer in the drill, baby drill mode? Or what do you think? Uh, oh, I, you know, again. Jim, I, th- I think as we know, that's the price. That's a that's a that's a price decision. But certainly on this rally, you know, we one would think that we're seeing more hedging activity in the uh, in the back of the curve, and that will, you know, that will inevitably bring on uh, more barrels. Certainly, more uh, U.S. crude production. Certainly, as as prices move. Higher if they move higher, then more, you know, the, the, there'll be more hedging, and and uh, certainly there'll be more uh, production to to come out. Now the EIA just 
they made a huge benchmark revision for uh, 2022. They said U.S. crude production was going to be up by uh, a million barrels a day. What was the last one, Jim? Uh, was, was that up half a million barrels yeah the revision is up a half a million from last month yeah that's a major that's a big time number it's a big big revision that's due to higher prices yeah Yeah. and you know let's not forget that you know these emp companies the p part is is production so you know it isn't like they're even though they're you know that they have done a decent job on uh discipline and they are talking about uh, returning value to the shareholders, which they have not done over the last 10 years or so, or, you know, it's been sporadic, but, you know, we, we start seeing prices in the, in the back of the curve, mid sixties to mid seventies, you know, I, th- I think all, all bets are off. Um, they're producers, you know, that's part yeah. of their business. That's part of their business model. You know, I was looking at the, uh, DS 2021, that's this year, 50 put uh, settle at 275. Uh, I mean, that's, I think that's a nice hedge for people. I mean, certainly you'd like to do better than that, but as, as a little protection, worst case scenario, and that's a decent number. I would think that we're going to see, you know, a good increase, but, you know, I, th- I think they will be coming out of the woodwork to more than what's in, in the numbers. I think they're going to do a little bit more than that, a little more optimistic on the, on the drilling. It's, it's kind of odd in, in the world of options. I mentioned last month that uh, there is a DS 100 call is, is the largest open interest in the, in the WTI options, but it's, but it's DS of 2022. So some, obviously somebody's been selling it, but, but I think the initiator of that trade was a buyer. And so that's over 50,000. Uh, it's up to 60,000 contracts on the 100 call. And the 98 call in December 2022 was up to 29,000. So those are two of the biggest open interest strikes on the whole board. And, and it's kind of it's odd to see, you know, and I just, uh, who knows? We can, we, yeah. Anything can happen, but I'm, I'm Right. Saying. I mean, I, I think both of us over our long and uh, checkered careers, you know, we've, <laughs> we've, seen, we've seen everything. Yeah, you know, if you were to say, if you were to say to me, no way, oil was going to be a hundred dollars in these twenty twenty two, I'd immediately call BS on you, right? Right, yeah, and you you'd, call, you'd say the same thing to me. Yeah, if I said, oh, that's no chance. Right, right. It, yeah. it's got, certainly, it's got a chance. Right, so it's, it's just like uh, the all these uh, monthly reports that come out trying to forecast and they, like the EIA, we mentioned their revision, you know, up a half a million barrels due to the high price. Well, you know, when you, when you, when you see the high price and then you see the revision, it sends it, sends the price lower, you know? Right. 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 So, I mean, it should, I mean, but, but uh, it's, it's the, the uh, EIA and the IEA and OPEC, once they put out their publications, obviously there's other groups out there doing similar stuff. All that gets into the market, and it's like new information. You know, it's like um, the market react; the price will react to all that stuff. Right, right. So, interesting. So, um, what about the weather response? Let's just talk about the Texas uh, weather in February. Shut down production and shut down refining. And I remember we had a conversation. You said that refining 
tends to come back slower than production. Right. So right. that's we that that has been the case. Um bring so up? far. Okay. Uh production is just about back. I mean I think last week it was ten point nine million barrels a day. And uh refinery capacity has um not it, it it's not come back all the way, although uh refiners have done a better job than what I thought they would do in uh in getting in getting um capacity back uh in the in the US Gulf in the US Gulf Coast. The yeah, I, I thought it wouldn't be till and it's not all back, uh, but much of it will be back, you know, probably by the, the end of this week. And then I'm thinking uh, by the end of March, much will, you know, we may be back completely, but it, it has come back a little, a little bit faster than, uh, than when I thought. But Jim, this is the key thing. Has not, it did not come back anywhere near fast enough to prevent a, so far crude stocks have built over the last two weeks, they've built 35 million barrels and light products have drawn, gasoline has drawn 26 million over the last two weeks and distillate has drawn 15 million over, over the last uh, two weeks. So we have seen the response we thought we'd see, although you know, in my, in my numbers, I, I didn't have anything like a 35 million barrel build. I, you know, I thought crude stocks would build 15 million, maybe 20 or that kind of draw in, uh, in gasoline. So we've, or distillate, we've lost a lot of supply uh, for, uh, for light products. And, um, you know, gasoline is, is, looking really, is looking really interesting. Stocks of gasoline are 18 million below the, uh, the five-year average, and we're heading right into the driving season. So, um, right, which is, uh, you know, it, it, the draws in gasoline stocks are, mainly due to the refinery outages, but there's been some talk that actual gasoline demand is picking up already. I mean, do you, do you, uh, do you see that yet? Well, I think it's picking up. I mean, last week, there was a, the one week was, uh, I think it was eight, nine, but that's just one week. And as we've spoken many times, you can't pay all that much attention to the, to the one week, but vehicle miles traveled is up. And, um, you know, some of these mobility index, leading indexes are, are showing gains. But if you look at the four-year average, uh, I'm sorry, the four-week average, we're, we're still like 800,000 below the five-year five average. So it's, you know, we're, we're still lagging pretty, pretty badly. But yeah, I think gasoline demand is picking up. I don't think it's going to get till to 2019 levels for, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I might, it might not get there this summer, but, you know, there are some real raving gasoline bulls who think that, um, you know, stocks that demand is going to, will be ahead of 2019 levels this summer. But, you know, for that to happen, we need, we need jobs. We, we need, um, you know, we need the, the, wider distribution of the vaccine certainly and the stimulus to the stimulus package to kick in and we need these service jobs to um to reappear because there's still mm -hmm. tens of you know there's unemployment's what 10 million plus another um 10 million whatever the whatever the total number is 
you know, pe- people need to drive to their jobs. And then, um, you know, we'll, and then we'll see, you know, if, what, whether, whether, where we are in the animal spirits meter, you know, right. in, the, in the U.S., whether people just, you know, drive like crazy this, you know, this, this summer, you know, we'll, we'll see that. But then, you know, there, there's still the issues in Europe uh, with the lockdowns now in Italy and, and problems with vaccine distribution. So, so that, you know, if, if there's surplus gasoline in Europe and the tightness here, that stuff comes here. It'll find so, its way. Right. Right, so that, that's a that's a bearish factor to look at. Well, personally, anecdotally, I um, get my next shot number two, March twenty fourth, and then I'm going to fill up the car with gas and head towards Mexico. And I live in New York, so you're driving to Mexico? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking I, I'm going to be driving <laughs> somewhere. I don't know where, but I'm going to get in the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but uh, you know, international travel is still nowhere to go except maybe the UK. I mean, UK is doing well. Israel's doing well. Faroe Islands, Taiwan. I mean, there's a, there's a handful of places. I mean, Europe is still, they're going into lockdowns, it seems, Italy. Um, so it's going to, I think it's going to be more gasoline. I mean, you could fly a lot of places in the United States as well. Yeah, I think that that's a good point, Jim. You know, you I know, think it's going to be gasoline. That we may. Yeah, that that uh, we may just drive within the, the country. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the borders are still closed, right? You know, and and, and obviously, as closer closer that we get to uh, the summer, and Europe is still struggling, you know, that that's going to hurt their uh, their tourist business from the U.S. I would I would suspect. Yeah, but it's you know, there's there's a lot of cash in the hands of some people, you know, a lot of people. Of a so, lot of people, right. yeah. Savings yeah. rates are savings rates are huge. are uh, huge, right? Yeah. So, so people people didn't travel last year, so they, you know, I guess they, pers- you know, and they'll have stimulus money. So yeah, again, I, I guess that's the the, uh, you know, the, that's the animal spirits factor. So, um, but Jim, one one, th- one one other thing to add is that uh, you know you look at this. so we've got the supply we have the the freeze off supply, you know refiners will be increasing crude runs uh, to try to rebuild some of that gasoline supply as we head into May May and June they'll probably increase it more than we what we had expected, uh, which is you know definitely constructive for for crude and and a little bit bearish for uh well bearish for uh for products the cracks have gone straight up the gasoline cracks the april crack traded over twenty four dollars last week so the you know that that is very attractive for uh for refiners to to start cranking it up once they get their plants up and they we know what they can do when they get rolling. Right, we do know what they can. Well, we do know what they can do. It's it's scary. Crush any rally in product. Right, crush any crush any margin. <laughs> any mar exactly any margin. Right. So um, let's talk. Let's talk about uh, inventory draws. Um, the EIA was kind of, you know, they're they're pretty matter of fact, but they it sounded like uh, very emotional when they were talking about what was going on in February in terms of. Uh, uh, stock draws. 
I mean, it, they're saying uh, it's like the strongest draw since the post-pandemic. I mean, it, in terms of, I, I think they were talking about total supplies. Maybe it was uh, maybe I'm looking at. I think it was total supplies. Anyway, what are you, what are you looking at for inventories going forward? We're just, we're still drawing now, right? Overall, yeah. I mean, global global inventories continue continue to draw. We probably, you know, last year we built probably 900 to a billion barrels in the first half, and we we drew. Uh, our per day. No total. Total. No, a billion. Uh, uh, sorry, B, sorry. B. Yeah. Uh, yeah, B. Uh, <laughs> yep. uh, and then, you know, second half, at least our numbers, we, we had about a 1.6 million barrel a draw um, average over the, over the second half of the year. So we removed some of that surplus. And um, we're, we're thinking that first quarter is going to be another 2 million. And second quarter, again, that, that a lot of this is, is what OPEC Plus is going to provide. But conservatively, we, we think second quarter will be a million and a half to two. So by the end of second quarter, we, we will have eliminated that whole, that whole surplus. Um, right. Just as we might be going into a little demand pickup. Right. And then second half, demand should really, the demand should be picking up. Again, depending on a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of factors, but OPEC production should be picking up, and non-OPEC production also will be uh, will be picking up. But you know, our numbers are showing like a, a half million to million barrel a day draw, so still drawing in the second half of the year. I just saw, you know, I just saw a balance that had stocks drawing. Four and a half million barrels a day in the first in the first quarter. Mm. Um, I, I don't. I, I didn't agree, obviously, but uh, you know, there, there's some. That, but that that balance that that group was looking for. You know, they were they were really bullish on demand, and thought in the second half we would be above 2019 demand numbers. So does that mean we have prices? today that reflect that already or does that mean i mean and say maybe we're seeing the highs of the year given your your uh, uh outlook and does that mean that you see them moderating in the second half or or what are you looking at yeah how, how you seeing yeah. that i i think they're going to moderate in the, in the second half i think we'll be we'll, we'll be a lot a lot more balanced and, and see prices down you know, into into the lower 60s. But the second quarter, you know, if they if OPEC doesn't increase production for April, April or May, that'll that'll still uh, for May or June, you know, that that'll still leave a pretty hefty stock draw. Mm. And um, so I, I I think there's there's still room to go to go on the upside. I'm, I'm not I don't think we've seen the seen the highs depending on. You know, d- depending on their, uh, you know, what what the group does, and I, I guess, you know, what we're saying is that they really have, you know, they do have control of the market here because the non-OPEC response is not quick enough. You know, the U.S. response is not is just not quick enough. Right. Uh, and some of the other non-OPEC producers that'll come on, you know, we're talking about projects that are that are, you know, long-term projects. 
you know, Norway's going to increase production this year. Canada's going to increase production this year. Brazil's going to increase production this year. Russia's an OPEC, a non, uh, an OPEC plus producer. But the, but just looking at those, the first three, you know, the, those aren't like something that, you know, those were all long-term projects, you know, that have been planned for years. You know, the 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 faster barrels come out of here. Right. Also, you know, they come out of here, uh, and we're not going to so. Really, you know, for OPEC Plus has the, you know, the Saudis, the Saudis and uh, Russians ha- have control here in the short term. Our frackers are trading gamma. <laughs> in a way. <laughs> in a funny kind of way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're actually yeah. right. So, so that, that tells me like a potentially move down in the second half of the year is what you could yeah. say. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think in yeah. the second half is, as you know, more, first of all, as I, as I say before, the OPEC plus has to figure out how to get, you know, get, get some of this spare capacity back to the, you know, back to the market. It's just, you know, how, how much and, and when, how much cheating we have. Uh, and then of course the, the, you know, what do they do about Iran? Uh, right. If, you know, if, if by, some miracle, you know, we're able to negotiate uh, a return to the JCPOA, and uh, we, you know, sanctions are, are lifted. Uh, it's it's possible, you know, mm-hmm. that that that's possible, but that's a, that's a long that's a long negotiation. I think there's some in the market think it's going to be third quarter. You know, I I think earliest fourth quarter, uh, the elections in in June, but. You know, so Iran has spare capacity. They, they've got to fit. They've got to figure that out. That's a wild card for sure. That's a wild card. Libya's Libya's always a wild card. Right. So, just to kind of maybe wrap start start wrapping things up. We've talked about the uncertainty in the marketplace. You know that if you were putting a standard deviation around your your estimates or anybody's estimates, it's much bigger than it's. It's always been big because it's oil, and um, it's much bigger this year. Last year, what, what some of the uncertainties? What would be what the world vaccination rates? Yeah, the world va- certainly. Yeah, the world the world vaccination rates uh, on the demand side. Um, you know, how, that certainly the the economic where we are on uh, on GDP growth. Uh, yeah, how quickly jobs come back that people how quickly jobs come back, how consumers, you know, how consumers behave. Jim, you mentioned how how are they going to, you know, these the high price gasoline is is there gonna be an elasticity effect? What about the effect on consumers? You right. know, India was furious with the Saudis. Um and they're you know, they're one of the Saudis best best clients right so you know they're they're certainly you know and they're threatening to go elsewhere so not that there's you know they'd have to come here or you know they're talking about guiana but that's yeah that's a 2022 story yeah um good news bad news we found a lot of oil offshore right. bad news is, is a covid <laughs> situation right pandemic. right yeah you know, speaking about Guyana, though, they, they are having, uh, they, they are expecting that, I think production's like 50 or 60 a day now, but they are, you know, they are talking up the potential for 200 a day next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are building a, a new FPSO. And, um, you know, 
they could you know they could they could become uh they could become a uh a force 200 a day is you know that, that's not bad yeah that's um it's it's interesting this this opec uh policy where they you know they have to think about market share right now they're they're thinking about price because they feel like they can not going to lose much market share right now but at some point you know it's like what what price is it where they they get out of balance in terms of more oil coming in you know demand waning it's they're almost in a sweet spot right now or right at least they right. see it as a sweet spot and they're trying to maximize uh uh the price and and then maybe down the road you know they see more people coming in producing um that's when they start going a little crazy on the other side right I don't know. I don't know. right but you know certainly you look at the saudis Jim. You know, they're making these month-to-month calls. They used to talk about, you know, five, 10, 20-year plans, you know? And now, now they're on, you know, they really are the swing. They really have become the short-term swing. They're day producer. traders, Andy. They've become day traders. Basically, if you look at where they used to be, yeah, you know, and they, they, give, the, you know, they give you this whole view about right. their asset and the ground and, you know, how to protect it. Uh, over over twenty or thirty years, and now they're you know now they're swinging monthly. It's uh, well, yeah, it's it's, it's um, <laughs> you know we if you go back to a long term price chart, I think it's really hard to point out all the changes in OPEC policy on the market. You know, it's it's almost like they're you know the market is f- uh, ahead of them, behind them, but it's you know it's almost. There's a lot of other things going on, I guess, is what I'm saying. And, and sometimes they're reacting to the market, what's happened. They, it's not like they can always impose their will. Although in the last year, they, it looks like they, you know, when they decided last year at this time to continue to produce, it definitely moved the market. And when they have been cutting, when they surprised the market, as you mentioned, you know, price went up. But it's, um, you know, long term, you know, there's, there's, it's a slip high demand. The economy, all these other factors are in there. Oh, kind of, yeah, definitely. You know, and they also got bailed out by um, global governments. Uh, you know, all the stimulus that, that governments poured into the into the market. Yeah. Uh, you know, beyond their own production cutbacks. Could you imagine if there was no none of these stimulus, the market would still be, you know, clearly would obviously be much lower. Right. Right. Okay, so we'll be looking for this... Uh, so it's what is it March now? We're going into the second quarter, and what would you be watching very closely? Is that you're going to be look. I know you look at everything, but um, is it the weekly numbers? Will you be looking for pickup in demand? Yeah, yeah. I think the weeklies are going to be really, you know, will be really important. I know these, uh, you know, these mobility indexes. Uh, you know, some of them have value. But uh, a lot of them are just, you know, really noise. You know, Jim, I think I, I read that uh, the last five days is, is the most consecutive, uh, the biggest five-day number of uh, people that have passed through airports right. uh, in, the, in the U.S., right? There's, there's some number, but if you keep reading, it's, you know, it's only 38% of, of uh, right. you know, <laughs> pre-pandemic yes. levels, so. 
You know, Plus, you I think really it's a trick. And, and we, I think we increase seasonally around here. And I, I, there's a chart somebody has out that shows compared to 2020, but also 2019. And we tend to increase our flying around this time. Maybe it's the spring break kids. I don't know. No, it's definitely the spring break kids. Yeah. They clearly didn't get any memo. But um, going back to that, but jet, you know, certainly I think the weeklies on jet fuel demand, see if, if that really has, if uh, certainly one would think, even though we're only 38% of two years ago, I, I think that um, you know, we should be higher given, given more, of the, more of the travel numbers. So watch the jet fuel. We'll see how refiners uh, and producers are coming out of the, the big freeze and how that, you know, how that normalizes, you know, and then the GDP estimates, you know, we'll, we'll certainly be watching that. I haven't seen the, uh, I know you follow this, Jim, the Atlanta Fed. Yeah, I follow it. They, they go a little crazy, um, but I follow it to help with the, the new information that comes out. So, it's, so basically, I'm looking at the change. So today, we had a, um, a low uh, a, a decline in retail sales. And today's happens to be the day where the Atlanta Fed uh, updates their number. So you can see from the last time they updated to this to today, what it does to GDP. It's been, it's been falling uh, from, the, I think they were close to 10%. Now, I think they're like, I don't know, 8, 8%, probably a little lower after today. And then there's a New York GDP now cast that comes out once a week. And um, they're usually, they're usually underplay. Uh, they're, they're, they're like, uh, they're not as, if, if the market, if, if the economy's growing, their estimate's a little lower than the actual. And if it's falling apart, their estimate's a little lower than actual. And their, their number's pretty high. I mean, as I think it was up close to the Atlanta Fed's uh, as well, but um, they're mainly good for the the change in, you know, I don't have a, an econometric model or uh, so I want to see, you know, I'll, I'll listen to some of the financial news and you, you get a lot of, a lot of talking heads go crazy over something. And then you look, well, how did this number actually affect the GDP forecast of a pure model? And, and you know, maybe it wasn't that much, you know, so that, that's what I use it for to just as a check, the absolute number can get, as I said, especially the land yeah. effect, can get a little crazy. Yeah. Um, and getting back to what we're watching, obviously China yes. uh, is is key. Their, their March import numbers are, came in a little bit higher than uh, what I thought it would. What I th- I thought it would come in at, uh, and we'll see. You know, they're they're very well supplied uh, in terms of, of crude inventory. So we'll see whether or not, you know, where the Chinese go now that the prices are up here, you know, are they going to continue to buy or, or are they going to back off the, the market? They're, they're well enough supplied that if they don't want to buy, they don't have to. So that, that I thought that was beginning to take place in March, but the import numbers came in, came in stronger. We'll see where April, you know, where, where April or May uh, imports go and, and um, you know, there's also there's a lot of new refinery capacity that that will be watching. You know what the effect of of that's going to be globally. Uh, margins are still, you know, they've improved in in Europe, but they've you know they just went off. And Asia's been lackluster. They're they're good in the U.S. Relatively good 
you know, they've right. really, they've really improved a lot yep. uh, in, in the U S but the rest of the globe, not, not so much. Yeah. It's, it's uh, with crude oil and the, and the cracks, we seem to have uh, a lot of excess capacity just itching to come on. So we'll see, we'll see uh, again, that's, that's how quickly we get these vaccines out there and how, how much people fly or drive or do both. Right. Right. Okay. Anything, uh, anything else? Do you want to talk about the uh, EV story that was in the New York Times magazine? (laughs) (laughs) That was actually what we've been talking about. What you've been talking about. We've been talking about that. Uh, You know, we've been saying it isn't like all of a sudden, you know, you can wake up and the whole world is, is, you know, is, is EV. Yeah, uh, you know, I think we've meant, you know, we've said this. There's 1.2 billion internal combustion engines still on the still on the roads today in 2021. Are they all just going to disappear? No. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where the growth looks impressive, but it's as you've been saying all along, the the number is really low, and they also, you know, sort of made an argument that the turnover is going to be slow because the cars they make today, people hold on to them longer. So right. They're better built. And you're, right, and, so. yeah. And there's still gas guzzling, uh, not gas guzzling, but gas using cars that are being sold in a big number today. And those, you know, it's not going to be maybe 10 years from now. You're still going to have, like you said, but I'm just saying it, it, it's funny to see them. Right. In, Finally, in a, somebody woke up. Somebody no, noticed that. In the, right. right. Times <laughs> and, in yeah. a green world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're heading that direction, but. Yeah, we're definitely heading in that direction, but it's not, it's not going to happen uh, all at once. I mean, we're, we're clearly in the, you know, the, this energy transition is, is going to take place, but it's going to be, you know, decades before we, before we get there. And I think, you know, a lot of the market has just written off petroleum. And I think petroleum is going to be an important factor, you know, for still for many, for many years to come. Yeah. I, th- I think um, whenever I run into my last and final expiration, there'll still be crude oil trading. There, there'll still be crude oil trading and yeah. there'll still be, uh, yeah, <laughs> there will still, be. I mean, we, you know, we may not be using quite as much or maybe we'll be using more, you know, well, our, our last pod, and we have to figure out when, what, at what point on the way down do we stop doing monthly podcasts? Like, do we say we're gonna we're gonna keep doing these till the last barrel? Okay, Andy, <laughs> production was one. <laughs> yeah, where's it going? <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, you you you've been covering this market a lot longer than me, but uh, I'm catching up. You you doubt you're definitely catching up. Yeah. I I think. Yeah, All that's right. a good point. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, production's one. All right. <laughs> All right. Say next tick is zero, but it's really two, and one, it just rallies from there. One final thought. Anything? Keeps. Uh, yep. My. Uh, let's see. What What would be my my one final thought on uh, the this uh, this second quarter? Well, one thing we we also did not talk about, Jim, is, is um, diesel demand globally has been pretty solid. Right. And, um, you know, I, I think the wild cards are, are gasoline demand still, 
you know, is that, is that going to improve globally, not only here in the, in the, uh, in the U S but diesel demands are pretty solid and petrochemical demand has, has really been good. Um, so, you know, they, they may be, they may be carrying the, uh, a lot of the load going forward and gasoline, gasoline demand certainly is going to, is going to, uh, is going to improve. Yeah. Along with, uh, my, my, uh, long cross-country trip in a car i'm going to stop at a mall i want to buy some stuff because there's the whole streets covered with trucks from amazon so i'm gonna i'm gonna use gasoline and i'll tell you before i do that i'll tell you so you can put on a uh gasoline to diesel spread (laughs) (laughs) the widow maker the widow maker great thanks andy all right we'll catch you next month what else, Andy? Oh, yeah. yeah. If you want to, if you want to reach us, us. Uh, again, our web our website is Commodity Research Group. Uh, you could reach me at a lebo a l e b o w a l e b o w at commodityresearchgroup.com. And um, I put some articles of interest uh basically if you're into markets sometimes a lot of times it's on oil but it's other things as well check out our blog and then um connect on uh, linkedin because i'm i'm fairly active on linkedin as well jim love the stuff you've been posting it's always interesting thanks andy okay signing off